What's up? Welcome back to another episode of the Tree Climbers Podcast. On this episode, we talk to my good friend, Jonathan Foote. Um, He's the dude, if you didn't see on my Instagram, uh, he's the dude who climbed down through that giant cavity of West Virginia's largest tree, that sycamore. Um, So if you haven't seen that, go check it out. That's, uh, That's him spelunking down through the tree. But yeah, we talk about uh, all kinds of stuff, like his backstory and tree work to training for comps, which he's been killing lately. Um, And also a couple interesting topics like drug addiction that came up. Um, But yeah, just sit back and listen to us uh, go back and forth for a while. So I hope you enjoy. So, dude, what is up? What's up, brother? Fucking not much, man. Fucking chilling. Just got home. Fucking hanging out. Just got a nice shower. So, you know, nice and nice and cozy. Nice and nice and comfy. I actually have my like whole podcast rig like set up on my bed. So I'm like maximum chill level right now. Oh, I'm jealous, man. I'm still (laughs) at the shop. (laughs) Oh, are you? Nice. Yeah. No, I'm always, I, my wife always yells at me and says that I live here instead of at home. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, dude, fucking dude. There is something I wanted to say though. You, I got to get this out of the way first, man. Fucking, uh, to people listening to this right now, if you do not, fu- okay, hold on. I'm all over the fucking place. So <laughs> I was laughing my ass off earlier because I realized how the fuck do you say your last name? Foot. Just like it's just the body foot? part. Okay, yeah, good. That's it. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to fucking say foot, but then I'm like, what if it's like some French shit, like foute or something like that? So it is foot then. Yeah, dude, I get it like all the time. Like even like growing up, like teachers would like mispronounce it because they were worried they would offend me. And I would always mess with them. <laughs> and it's what are you kidding me like wait it bears me in front of the whole class <laughs> <laughs> that's fucking awesome dude so like if you guys don't know you guys should go follow this dude on instagram he's at the underscore industrial underscore tarzan the industrial tarzan but dude your content lately so this is, gets me to my point you have like inspired me lately which is a great thing, you know, most of the time you're just like, I don't know about you, but when I'm scrolling through Instagram, I get fucking like fed up sometimes. Cause it's just like the same shit over yep. and over and over again. But you and Mike have been putting in the fucking work, dude, like to like comp train, you've been out there rec climbing, you've been putting in the work and that's like super inspiring to me, you know, cause like we're all around the same like age. So like, we're like in the league together, if there is leagues, but like that really inspired me, dude, like seeing you guys going out there and like setting up plumb bobs and stuff. So I've just been like each evening when I'm finding chances, I'm like whipping throw balls and like running up these oaks behind my place just like train, man, because it's like, it's disheartening when you're like doing something alone. But when you know that other people are out there doing it, it kind of like, I don't know, it just kind of like fires me up but yes you have yeah. fucking inspired me <laughs> so awesome yeah i'm man. glad yeah man me and me and mike have 
we pretty much get together like every Sunday and go out and climb, even if it's for an hour, you know, we just try and get right. out there to stay active doing it. And, you know, just trying to practice different things for work or for competitions or just anything. Like I'm kind of like a sponge. I just, I want to know everything. I want to learn everything, no matter what it is, whether it's, you know, retrievable redirects or canopy anchors or, you know, different ways to come back from a limb walk and, you know, training with the plumb bob is like super cool, super difficult. And, uh, yeah, that's why we're doing it. So that next competition, you know, I can see a little bit more progress and that's kind of like the key for me. I, um, I I don't like feeling like I'm being stagnant. I always want to progress in at least one area and, be able to notice that and that's like huge for me um it it just drives me all the time because the more the more i can learn the more i can share and great dude that's that's absolutely right that is such like the best mindset to have about tree climbing and surprisingly enough like not many people have that mindset about it which kind of sucks man because like Mm -hmm. i am so down to climb all the time so here's a, here's a kind of a funny story. Um, I was out on a job the other day uh, and the guy I was contracting for, he asked me, he had to like run back to a shop for something. And like, mm-hmm. I was setting up to like do this tree. And like, he's like, I was like, okay, no worries. You know? And then he like stopped. He's like, wait, like, are you like good, you know, to like climb, you know, while, while I'm not here. And I'm like, what? And then I realized what he was saying because you know you're i guess it's like rule or whatever you're not supposed to fucking right without anybody but i'm like dude i climb by myself so much like (laughs) and like what i've come to realize and this may be redundant i don't know you know i don't want to shit on like different safety rules and stuff but you know whatever happens you know unless it's something out of my control right like whatever but like dude if i if i hurt myself (laughs) climbing like somebody being there isn't going to change that you know, like it, what, what's, what are they going to do? You know, what's the worst thing that could happen? You could fall out of a tree, right? What is that person being there going to like stop that? You know, and like there. get stuck in the tree. They're, they're not going to be able to do anything for hour, two hours when the fire department gets up there and finally right. figures a way to contact somebody to come get you. Right. And that's, that's what you run into is like a lot of the guys I work with, they don't climb, which is totally fine the way that you're supposed to do it is have like a secondary line dude. but like how practical is that how many times when you're working do you go up and set a whole nother system for somebody for for rescue purposes you know what i mean like it's just not like it ain't happening like it's just not fucking happening out there i'm telling you because like i ain't fucking doing it i know everybody that i know is not doing it like it's just impractical you know it's just like a you know you're the climber most of the time and a lot of times you're the only climber, so somebody's got to do it. But yeah, it's yeah. like it's just so inspiring to like hear you talk about you know being hungry for knowledge and like wanting to just progress yourself. And that's what I always try to preach too. Is like, dude, you're if you go out there and climb a tree instead of sitting home, you know, on the weekend and like sucking down beers and watching football, like you're only benefiting yourself 
and like it's such a badass sport like why wouldn't you want to you know like just like get out there and climb you know like just go climb a fucking tree you're only going to get better at it you know you're not going to get worse by going to climb a tree you know <laughs> absolutely not and it's uh it's funny because i i literally last night like as i was texting you and talking to my buddy and i'll, I'll bring that up later mm-hmm. but me and him were talking and he was telling me that you know he he's got a climber that he knows that isn't progressing as much as this kid wants to progress mm-hmm. and he doesn't really have anybody to show him much right. or anybody willing to show him much and I brought the point where I was like, there's so much information on the internet. Now you always got to take everything with a grain of salt and use your own discretion, but there's so much information out there. So many videos, so many tutorials out there related to climbing that there's no reason not to go out in your backyard and try something, try something new. Yeah, of course be safe and be mindful and use your own discretion and don't take risks that are unnecessary especially if you're a climber like by by trade i actually have a lot to say on this topic actually (laughs) so like zach you know zach you know zach zach richards uh, right his story is really cool and what you're talking about with like the videos and stuff and like trying it out in his backyard that's literally how he got started in tree work which i find fucking awesome you know like he didn't unheard of right he didn't start working with like your run-of-the-mill company and then like fall into climbing he like was doing it on his own and like basically taught himself how to do it which is fucking phenomenal that's like awesome i don't recommend that for everybody because there's some fucking idiots out there but (laughs) yeah but like that that story is cool you know what i mean and uh this taps into something i was just on instagram it's going to be kind of a shout out to Eric McGrew, uh, you know, the elevated office podcast guy. Yeah. Um, he just made a post about this and I was like, I was listening to it like while I was in a shower because I'm addicted to my phone and I'm always <laughs> I'm even on my phone in the shower, but fucking, he was talking about, uh, basically climbers. Um, I didn't really understand his point. Yeah, sorry, Eric, if you're listening to this, but he was talking about climbers basically being divas, you know, like when they when they're working at a company or whatever, and like just thinking that they can just get their way with whatever. But my counter argument to that is like, because uh, he was basically saying, you know, you, you're replaceable in a sense, you know. Mm. And my my argument to that is is like I've definitely run into those you know type of people through the years and working, you know, like diva climbers who think the world revolves around them or whatever, like too good to pick up a rake or, you know, do whatever, you know, just better than you type attitude. But like what you're talking about, I think the way that we think is different. You know, you know that you're never going to know it all. And that only makes you like more hungry for information and you're never like content where you're at. So like, you're Mm -hmm. always wanting to be better. And I think that's, uh, I know what he was saying, but like, I think that's the, that's the missing link there is there's a lot of people who are like uh, doing it for like a paycheck and like can see that their job is leaned on really hard as a tree climber. And they mm-hmm. use that because Jen, honestly, they, they don't really give a fuck 
<laughs> you know, like they're just getting paid yeah. maybe they can do whatever at work. But when you're really hungry for something and you really want to progress in something, you never have that attitude because like it doesn't matter in the long term, you know, even as like a tree climber, like you're going to, there's going to be new shit come out. There's going to be new stuff to learn. There's going to be a climber somewhere out in the world. I guarantee you that is fucking way better than you. You know what I mean? Like that's, that's the drive for me at least, you know what I mean? Like just constantly, it just, it humbles you a lot because you know that you're not the best. <laughs> so there's always something to like reach for, but that, I don't know. I might just be rambling, dude. I don't even, <laughs> I'm no, fucking tired. No, I, I agree with you, man. And, um, yeah, I, I've met in the last couple of years, I've met so many different climbers and, and so many different personalities. And I've worked with different climbers where some of them, you know, think the world of themselves and, and others that are just driven to learn absolutely anything and are just super passionate about it and not just for the paycheck, but because of the lifestyle that comes along with it. That's right. And, you know, for me, it was like, I, when I first learned how to do SRT, mm -hmm. I didn't like nobody I knew climbed on SRT. Like mm -hmm. I saw videos of people doing it on Instagram and I'm like, yes. what is this? Like, what are they doing? All these people ranting and raving about how fantastic it is. I'm like, I got to try this out. And I'm like watching YouTube videos. And when I would get done work, there was this, you know, 20 foot tall locust tree next to the shop. And yeah, you know, I would set my line and, and I just start giving it a shot. I made a knee ascender out of a cut up hand ascender yeah. and was just doing whatever I could on a budget to try and learn this whatsoever. I'm not saying you guys should go out and start cutting up your gear to make other gear, but right. I, did, I had to do in order to learn as much as I could. And the guys would get done and I'd be setting my line and I'd be working on ascending and they drive by and they point and laugh at me. They thought I was an idiot. You know, these guys were climbing on Blake's hitches and, right. and they thought climbing on a prusik was stupid. Like that, <laughs> trust that thing. Mm -hmm. And um, I, I didn't care. I just tucked my head and, you know, I told myself I'm going to do whatever I can to learn more, to be able to do more and, you know, and the money comes along with that. That's right. You know, not even just the money, but the friendships that come along with it. The more I learn and the more people that I meet, the more friendships that I create. And that's, you know, my favorite part about this industry is I could literally go to any state or any country yes. and somebody that's passionate about this and talk for hours just mm -hmm. about everything related to trees whether it's splicing rope or setting a canopy anchor or you know a new rigging technique for removals you know climbing on twin line moving rope system srt you name it there's a conversation to be had about it oh dude speaking of which i actually used that trick that you taught me today <laughs> with the packing the sawdust into your back cut so it doesn't fucking do like a weird drop yeah yeah so i did that today <laughs> it worked did really you well. to... yeah it worked it worked great i, I it was it wasn't a lead I, I did it on a piece of wood 
because I was working over uh, like this fucking boat dock and like there was no room for error because it was getting close to the ground and I did it and it was fucking fantastic. Awesome. <laughs> it was good. Oh, dude, I'm, I'm stoked you tried that just based off of me showing you one little video of me doing it and me talking about it. So my, my boss now <laughs> is the person who taught me taught me that and was like you know he's like hey if you got like a 40 foot long branch that's out over the house and you set your rigging up in the right place you can make one cut and take that branch whole right I'm like like how you know i'm like because i know that when i cut on the top of the branch mm-hmm. that branch leans down into the rope and stretches that rope so then when i get my cut all the way through it springboards back and just wails you that's like right. you just get away from it fast enough and by doing this sawdust cut pulling the saw straight up from the bottom and boring in repeatedly and letting that sawdust collect in there mm-hmm. and the, it, the branch just sits on itself it, it barely yeah, at all and then once it comes off that butt is the first thing to move not the tips yeah so that thing like straight down mm-hmm. along the trunk and it's oh man it, it has helped me get myself in safer positions mm-hmm. it's helped me get jobs done faster i love it i use it all the time on wood on leads you name it sometimes it's just the safer option yeah well it, like even so like uh it's like you can actually break it down as well because essentially what you're doing by packing the sawdust in there is you're making it like as you're cutting it, like the limb is not being cut. So when it finally releases that last pressure point, it just all comes at once. You know, it's, it's essentially the same concept as like we're cutting a tree, but like, like you're saying when it's like a real long lead, um, anybody who's listening to this, that that's, this is why I'm trying to break it down because I know there's going to be some people like, what the fuck are they talking about? (laughs) But you, you have a you actually have a video of it on your Instagram. Right? <laughs> you, you got a video of it on your Instagram, right? Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. That's a, I thought so. But yeah, essentially, like when you're rigging real long shit like that, um, like you're talking about when you make the make the back cut, you know, if you're cutting from the top, as you're cutting, you know, unless you're using like something like a like a GRCS or like a Hobbs or something to where you can take all the stretch out of the rope before the cuts even made, you know, kind of mm-hmm. pre-tension it, um, which just isn't the reality. Most of the time, uh, once you start to cut it, it shifts, you know, you, you see your gap open up a little bit and, you know, a little bit of movement at the back cut way out on a tip. It was super long. That's a lot of movement out there. And so essentially what you've done is you've changed the entire vector of, of the piece. So when you do finally cut it free, it's like moving violently and it's swinging, you know, all over the place. If you don't like got a butt line or anything on it, but mm-hmm. yeah, your cut, your cut's super useful because essentially what you're doing is you're, you're not changing the vector before the cuts finished. It's just being introduced into the rigging immediately. And I really like it. It's, it's a really, yeah. really slick trick. I, I actually use the sawdust packing thing, <laughs> not for rigging, but like I understood it because I use it a lot for stump cuts. So I don't fucking pinch my bar while I'm making a stump cut. And I'm like, why didn't, once you showed me that, I was like, why have I never fucking like done that in a tree? That, that's fucking smart. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, it was the first time I heard about using a sawdust cut. I, I'd never known about using it before. And, and you know, as time has gone on, I've heard people say, yeah, like I use it all the time for crane work. I use it for stump cuts or this mm-hmm. and that. And every time I show it to somebody and the way that I use it, they're like, what? No, I ne- I've never seen that before. And my, my boss is just a super talented climber and and just somebody taught him how to use that in crane work and he was just like I wonder if I can use the same method because you know starting out we didn't have like rope jacks and GRCSs and hobs and all these crazy mechanicals it's you got a porter app right a ring and a rope and Mm -hmm. that's it and, you know, I didn't start using rings until like a couple of years ago. And first time using one of those, I'm like, what? This is awesome. Yeah, X rings are fucking yeah. badass, dude. Oh, yeah. Oh, I love them. Love I'm it. Such, I'm such a ring ever. advocate, dude. <laughs> like, that's all mm-hmm. I use ever. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so, I love it. I started putting um, a large ring above the Porter app for my ground guy for mm-hmm. the um for the rope man and i was like yeah i you know a buddy of mine does this all the time i never i've seen people use it i never really used it i always thought it'd be maybe a pain in the butt because you gotta feed the rope through it and i was like yeah we're gonna try it out for a little bit see if you like it and and he's like dude why haven't we been doing this and i'm like <laughs> Well, I'm like glad you like it we'll keep doing it dude and uh he he seems to love it it's made yeah, his life easier on the rope, helping suck the rope in towards the trunk. So if I'm mid tying branches and mm-hmm. they're swinging around, they're not getting caught up on the rope. That rope stays tight up against the tree, so it's out of the way. Exactly. Another slick thing about putting like a ring real low like that is if like you're going up and you just got some small shit to rig off, like they don't even necessarily have to use the porter app because if they just stand back from it a little bit, the ring gives it enough friction to where it's like they can handle it without even messing with the porter app. So you can zip through some shit pretty quick. Right. Like that too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Ah, uh, yeah. Love it. So dude, yeah. uh, we talked about this a good bit. So like, let's talk about that fucking sycamore dude, because honestly, you're kind of like a little viral star, man. <laughs> that that <laughs> the video I posted, man, like, dude, I it still gets likes. It's still getting likes. I don't even know what it's at. I think it's like 2300 likes or something of you climbing down in the cavity of that fucking sycamore. And then that other page shared it and it got like I don't even remember how many views, but like Yeah, I, I, I stopped like 30,000 or something. Get too big, right? You know. <laughs> right. Start on people on famous but yeah that sycamore in West Virginia was amazing. Mm-hmm. Um that was super cool like just to meet you know, different people and meeting you and meeting Zach and a couple other people that were there as well. And yeah, big hollowed out center. I, I love how like nobody knew about that until we got all the way up there. And I look over, I'm like, yeah, you guys know this thing's hollow. <laughs> <laughs> the fucker was like, no joke, hollow, man. You went down in that bitch for like ever. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I think I went down like close to 30 feet. Yeah, something like that, man. It was kind yeah. of ridiculous. <laughs> Yeah, and I had like plenty of room to like move around in there. I, I've I've never experienced anything like that. It really was like spelunking in a tree. Yeah. That was awesome. 
like when we got up there i'm like oh i gotta go down in there yeah like i have I, i'm all about just uh especially when i go out wreck climbing like it's not enough for me to just go go up and sit up in the tree for a little bit and then come down like i'm like all right let's build a rope swing let's build a zip line you know let's you know have get fun out in the tree and you know and and kind of make it a little bit of an adventure and use some you know use our heads to come up with different things to make it active and, and make it fun i love that it just keeps me alive mm-hmm. another fun thing have you ever like have you ever went on like a night climb not with anybody oh, so i fun. went through like a three-month period like a year ago mm-hmm. where every night i would go out climbing and my wife would be like yeah like can you can you like stop like what if you get hurt out in the like it's it's bad enough if you get hurt in the daylight but what if you get hurt at night and i'm like well yeah now is there much of a difference and she's like well not only that i'd like to spend some time with you so i'm like all right (laughs) (laughs) no more night climbing for a while yeah, but dude, like you do it with a bunch of people, man. Like uh I haven't done it in so long, but the the most fun I ever had doing a night climb uh was like I think it was like two years ago now, but it was with uh Patrick and then of course the guy he works with, his name's Trevin. But we went up uh there's a huge Chickapin Oak in Shepherdstown in the park. Um and uh, dude, this thing's fucking massive. But we went up, it's just like a whole different thing, man. Like climbing a tree we set like like lights up on the ends of different limbs and shit and you know just pretty much played for hours with headlamps and shit it was so fun but like it's like a whole weird feeling especially when you do it out in an area like where there's no lights you know and your only lights is in a tree it's like you're climbing a tree in the void it's fucking weird feeling but it's so cool just in the emptiness of the earth you're just out there getting after it right you're just like fucking space trees or some shit <laughs> oh, that's awesome yeah we'll have to get out and do that one of these days Fuck yeah yeah That'd dude fucking awesome. we kind of talked about it we won't dude okay so i'm gonna say this that like bar we all went to after that fucking wreck climb yeah, that place is as fuck <laughs> that that was so sketchy man we fucking pulled up on that bitch and like it felt like we was walking into somebody's fucking living room. Like <laughs> that was so weird. I'm but, like making cigarettes and kids are running around. <laughs> yeah, man. It was fucking weird, man. And after everybody left, oh god, that was a crazy fucking it got weirder. I'll just say that. But oh, when shit. we was there together, we was talking about, you know, kind of how you got your starting tree work or whatever. So I know, but you should go ahead and tell that story because you know, people are gonna fucking yeah. listen to this thing, dude. I don't know if so, you know, but like <laughs> yeah. people, people are going to listen to this. So pretty much when I was like, I guess I was in like eighth grade and I was like, I was a dick as a kid. I I didn't listen to anybody. I have real attitude issue. Um, and when I was 14, I remember like telling my parents like, you need to go buy me new sneakers. Now, mind you, I got an older brother who's three years older than me, and I would always get his hand-me-downs. His mm-hmm. shoe size is like two and a half sizes bigger than me. Nice. So I 
walk around like clown shoes all the time. <laughs> and you know that I was a size like eight and a half until I was like 21. Nice. And because I always got his hand-me-downs, always were at like 10 and a half. And I'm like, yeah, you know, I went shoe shopping for dress shoes. The guy was like, no, dude, you're an eight and a half. I'm like, oh, mind blown. But <laughs> I, I'm telling my parents, you got to buy me new shoes. And my, my parents were pretty much like, you know, if you, if you want nicer things, like you have to work for it. So you need to get a job. And I'm like, okay. And a friend of theirs had like a little landscape lawn care company. And I basically worked for him for like four years. So like from time I was like 14 till I was like 18 and doing a little bit of everything, landscaping, lawn care. We would do a little bit of tree work, nothing crazy, like really little stuff. Mm-hmm. And when I was like 18, I was doing um, rock climbing competitions. I rock climbed my whole life with my father and, and started doing some competitions. And the, you know, the one summer I went to work and he was like, you know, you climb rocks, how hard would it be to climb a tree? I'm like, it, probably not that hard. He's like, okay, well, you just take this rope up there with you. And once you get in, you know, in a comfortable spot, you can pull the saw up. I'll tie it on. You pull the saw up and then you make the cut and lower the saw back down. I'm like, okay, like, <laughs> I ain't no better. I'm like, all right, sweet. So like, I would just scamper up these trees and like not knowing any better Mm-hmm. and never seen a tree climber before and then I was like well maybe I'll wear like my rock climbing harness and and I kind of like begged him to get me a harness and he like went and got me like a weaver saddle and like double double d's and like there was like a little adjustable lanyard that didn't really adjust that much and I didn't right. even know it adjusted and so I was climbing like that for a little while and I kind of started meeting different people and, you know, they kind of found out how much money I was making and the stupid shit that I was doing. And we're like, yo, like, first off, you should be making at least double what you're making. Cause I was making like seven fifty an hour for like four years. Damn. And I ain't know any better. I was just naive. Right. And people were like, you should be making at least like 15. Like you're out like climbing the trees and stuff. And like, that's not safe. Like you should be like compensated for that. And so I went to him and I'm like, listen, like I want to learn a better way to do this. Like I went and helped out a buddy of his that owned a tree company. And, and he kind of showed me a couple things and I'm like, wow, there's a lot more to this. Mm-hmm. So I told him, I was like, I want to learn more about this. And also like, I, I think I need to be paid more too. And he was like pissed when I said that, what the fuck? like he, like he was like insulted that I asked for more money <laughs> and it was like a whole big ordeal. But another friend of my parents, his family had a tree company and I met the guy Christian one day and he was like, Hey, you know, my, I'm not trying to take you from where you already work, but if one day, you know, you would like a change of pace and you'd like to come, we can, you know, we can show you a proper way of climbing. And I'm like, absolutely sign me up. Let's go. And so I went, I worked for, um, Lindsay tree removal for two years and they were 
fantastic people. Teach me everything I was willing to learn at the time. And, yeah, I had an attitude issue and I didn't really listen to people too well. And, and um, so I only took in so much information that was given to me at the time. And I, I didn't have a single complaint about them. They're, they were fantastic. The owner, Derek, the father, was great and super patient with me. Christian, the main climber, was super patient with me and willing to teach me anything I wanted to know. And, and so was the rest of the family and the other guys that I worked with. But at that time, now I'm about 20 years old when I kind of stopped working for them. So around the same time that I started working was about the same time I started using drugs and drinking and, and stuff like that, going out and partying with friends. And it was, you know, no big deal back then. We were just having a good time until it wasn't a good time anymore. And I started right. drinking really heavy in the mornings and yeah, I would go to school like shit faced and my teacher's big. Like, okay. I'm like, yeah, I just got like a little cold and, like, yeah, like completely out of it and you know i started uh abusing drugs and then started using really hard drugs and um got to a point where i was using heroin and mm-hmm. and i uh, was just destroying my life and the life of everybody around me unfortunately right and uh my now brother-in-law who's a good friend of mine growing up john kind of convinced me to good detox and go to rehab and i'm like oh man what about work and he's like dude like what if you die <laughs> like, yeah <laughs> start like, weighing well, it against itself a little bit oh i guess you're right <laughs> yeah uh well when you put it like that but after um doing all the crazy things that i was doing for so long it was just so normal to me it's it's embarrassing and sad how mm-hmm normal that lifestyle becomes and i was like okay like i'll I'll give it a shot and um so i ain't even had the guts to call the company i was working for i was like so embarrassed i'm like because they're really good people i'm like man i want them to think bad of me like maybe i could go back and work for them again and and so like i text them i was like sorry i can't come to work due to a medical emergency like i may be gone for like at least 30 days and I'm- <laughs> holy shit two together like okay about time or something and um i went away and um so i went to rehab and pretty much changed my whole life around at that point and was like once I kind of got a little clear-headed um and everything was out of my system and I was done being sick Mm -hmm. I was just like all right like I I really have to give this a shot like I feel like this is my one and only shot to do this right so I'm just gonna listen to anything people tell me right and my parents were like, uh, listen, when you come, when you get done, uh, you're not allowed back home. <laughs> okay. That's fair. Right. So I went to like a recovery house and stay in recovery houses for a few years. Now, when I went to rehab, I didn't do tree work 
for about three years, really. Um, there were two companies that were local in that area that I was living that I went and tried to work for. And they were like, both companies were just like, everyone was on meth and pills. And I'm like, I can't be around this. Right. Like yeah. I'm going to go off the wall. Like I can't. <laughs> so I was like, all right, I guess I'm not doing tree work anymore. And I got into jujitsu. A friend of mine found an MMA gym, was like, you got to try this out. I'm like, all right, yeah, why not? And um, one of the guys that trained at the gym, like, overheard me telling somebody, yeah, I used to, you know, climb trees. Like, I really enjoyed it. And he's like, dude, like, you, you climb? And I was like, well, like, a little bit. Like, mind you, like, the two years that I was climbing, like, I wasn't, like, a daily climber or a really good climber or nothing. Like, right. I was just learning i would climb periodically like maybe once a week like mm. you know just occasionally and he's like you know you ever do crane work i was like well i did a couple of crane jobs like i ain't talk myself up at all he's like come work for us like we're we're hiring right now like you know you'll love it. everybody's great and blah, blah blah i'm like yeah like the starting pay was great i'm like absolutely like That's yeah well, get back into it and my first day was a crane job with a tree that fell over a pole. And I'm like, oh my God, like I haven't, <laughs> I haven't even run a saw in like three years, let alone put <laughs> crane work. I'm like, I guess I'm giving it a go. <laughs> <laughs> I just got after it. And like, they knew I was like young and didn't know a lot. And they were trying to kind of see what I did know and see if I was fooling myself or not. And, mm -hmm. and I just stayed open-minded and just, kept working and um was daily climber at that point and i worked for them for uh for that company joe mcelveen tree service in uh feasterville worked mm -hmm. for him for a little over a year and fantastic guy like I, I love that owner he's i love his kids his, his whole family they're fantastic people i been very fortunate to work with some great companies over the years and and that's one of them they were at my wedding and they're they're just awesome people oh, that's badass and uh so i got an opportunity to move close to home after like about 15 months of working with him mm -hmm. and i got a job offer as well and i was like oh man like this isn't a sign like i don't know what it is like this guy that my brother met in a barber shop, the company he works for is hiring. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, like, it's like 15 minutes from my parents' house. Like I would love to get close to family again and work local. And I was like, yeah, I'm going to do it. And I do, I felt like terrible telling that the company that I had to leave. I'm like, listen, I gotta go. Like I'm relocating and, you know, and I got another job offer out there. Like, uh, I'm sorry, but you know, right. I, I have this move. I gotta get close to family again, start rebuilding those relationships. And, and, um, and he was like, you know, a little broken hearted and was like, Oh, Johnny, please don't go. Like, oh man. That makes dude. it even worse. <laughs> I'm like, Oh man. I'm like, dude, like I seriously, I almost like cried because I'm like, man, I got so much love for this guy and his family. Like, I feel like a big sense of loyalty towards him, but I also 
can't put that ahead of taking care of myself and my family. So you're in growth. Right. So I'm like, all right. So I make this move and I start working for monster tree service in Lehigh Valley. Mm -hmm. And that's when my whole game changed that like I had just started practicing SRT a little bit. I didn't even have all the right equipment. Mm -hmm. And this guy, Austin was the general manager and he just was willing to teach me absolutely anything. And he was so full of knowledge and I just ate up every bit of it. Like, I remember like my first week, he's like, you know how to sharpen a chain on a chainsaw? And I'm like, yeah. And I go over and I'm like, one, two, three, four, next one, two, three, four. He's like, dude, half that tooth is gone. Like you didn't even sharpen it. Like you just swipe four times. He's like, here, let me show you like how to, how I sharpen it and tell me what you think. And I'm like, okay. And so he, he showed me, I'm like, Oh, like there's actually like a method to this. This is great. Nobody had ever really showed me, you know, other companies I worked for, like used grinders. They just do it themselves. I never really had the chance to do it. Right. And I learned a lot about rigging and learned a lot about what it takes to be a crew leader and especially in a production side of things. And I just was hungry to learn. He taught me as much as he could. So I worked at Monster for about a year and it had its ups and downs to say the least. I met some really fantastic people there. I also met some people that wasn't too fond of there either. And (laughs) so there was some things going on and the general manager, my buddy Austin decided, you know, I think it's time for me to move on and maybe start my own company. And he had brought it up to me and was like, listen, I haven't told anybody this yet, but I I think I might go start my own company. And I've been kind of like poking it at him for a while. Like, dude, if you start your own company, like you do really well because you're so full of information. Your customer interaction is phenomenal. Like you you just, you have a knack for it. Like, I think you would really build a successful business. And he was like, nah, I don't want to do that. Too much responsibility and blah, blah, blah. And, And he was finally like, you know, I think I might pull the trigger on this. And I was like, listen, man, like uh, I, my, my time here is running short. So, you know, I'm going to stick it out here for a little while longer. And once I'm, once I'm tired of it, you know, I'll, I'll come work for you. Yeah. And we'll get this ball rolling. He's like, all right. And like, I don't know, like a week or two later, I'm like, yeah, I can't, I can't do that. <laughs> you done talked yourself. Into it was, it. it was, a, it was, it, it was a little messy. Like he, he was like the, uh, he kind of kept everything together. Oh, and gotcha. so when he left there, everything was kind of dysfunctional and I just didn't have the patience for it at that point. Right. And I was doing more than what I should have been doing, especially for us being paid for. And I'm like, you know what? Like, and not that they were paying me bad, but for the amount of things I was doing, like I was juggling different positions and I shouldn't have been. Right. 
So I called him and I'm like, yep, I just quit. So when's the first job? <laughs> he's like, dude, are you serious? Like I told you not to quit. And I'm like, well, I did. So what's up? And he's like, I don't have that much work. Like, well, I'm honestly probably only getting work on the weekends, like this whole first year. I'm mm. like, that's fine. Like, I'll see if I get work somewhere else. And then, um, then my buddy, Mike, not Mike Hayes, Hayes, but Mike, uh, I always butcher his last name, Blatchett. So he was working for Betterscapes at the time. He reached out to me and was like, hey, like, you, you know, we're on the street as you left Monster. So would you want to come do some part-time work? And I was like, yeah, that's actually exactly what I'm looking for. Exactly. So I helped them out part-time and then was working for Arbor Care part-time. And so I helped them out for a little while, like just a, just a few months. And um, I was like, all right, like, Austin, you ready to, you know, hit this thing full time, really get going? And he's like, no, I'm like, well, I just quit my other job. So let's go. <laughs> <laughs> and he's like, oh, man, like, what did you do that for? I'm like, go out there, sell some work, dude. Let's make it happen. And uh, and we did. Um, you know, we just it started out just me and him and we, you know, have people come and help us as needed. And, and we just kept going and going and going and working late days and long weekends and, you know, eating up as much work as we could and getting more equipment and more tools. And yeah, now we have like, you know, everything that we need. Absolutely. And lots of trucks, lots of equipment. And we're right now still a four man crew and Austin's not working on the crew anymore, which is great because doing everything that needs to be done on the business end. And that also means that we're doing what we need to be doing on the crew side. Mm -hmm. So, um, you know, it's, uh, so fast forward a little bit, January 1st, I'll have seven years sober and um, tree work has been um, a huge help with that because of the positive environment of people that I've been around and, you know, just being able to go out to different events and, you know, like the tree stuff, climbing picnics and, you know, climbing competitions and, you know, anything and everything I can get to, I'll go to. And just building these relationships of positive, passionate people around me has helped significantly with keeping my head on straight and reminding me that, you know, I need to be a positive influence for others as well, the same way they've been. And it's, you know, there's, there's other things that play a big part in that too. Like the gym, you know, Grindhouse MMA, they've, you know, stuck by my side through all my up and down crazy over the years. And they're just jam packed full of fantastic people as well. Who've always been there to support me. And yeah, it's, it's one of the things I love about those communities, whether it's with MMA or with um, tree climbers or just tree work in general is, you can find some really passionate, really positive people in those communities and surround yourself with them. And the opportunities are 
absolutely endless. I've, right. I've had people offer me jobs in different states and even different countries. Like it's wild. Mm-hmm. Like why? Like I'm not like I don't consider myself anything special. Like I, I think that I'm an okay climber and I'm just constantly trying to learn. And my one buddy, Joel, always yells at me. He's like, you're not just okay. Like you're fantastic. Will you shut the hell up? I'm like, no, like, I just don't, I don't see it that way. Like every time I see something new, I'm like, see, I don't know everything. Mm-hmm. I got to learn more, you know? And I just always keep that mindset and not just trying to be humble. Like I just legitimately think that I'm just doing what I'm supposed to be doing. That's, that's the truth, man. Job's it's, done. It's, safe. It's, it's like, it's, it's all, it's all about that hunger. It's like, that's that's what it is it's the it's the hunger it's the reason you don't see yourself as like super good because you're hungry you want you want to be more than that it's the same it's the same concept as uh artists right like like an artist will paint or draw something and you know everybody's like oh that's fucking amazing right that's that's like the best thing i've ever seen and but like to an artist it's like you you just see all your flaws you know and and you're trying to figure out how to improve it it's like the same thing with like now this is getting a little bit out there but like because bodybuilders have like fucking body dysmorphia or whatever a lot of the times but it's the same concept right like when you're like driven in something they're not like see like everybody's like man you're fucking you look great like you look built but like in their head it's like ah but like what if it was just a little more you know or what if it was just it's, it's what, that hunger, you know, a little bit more defined. Yeah, yeah exactly. And it's like, you know, uh, like even Mike, dude, uh, me and Mike had talked online for, for a good while, but this past year in Wichita, when we went out there to compete, um, that's the first time I had met him in person and he's just super humble. Right. And he's just like, you know, kind of looking around, kind of nervous, you know, I'm kind of nervous as well, dude he fucking slayed he fucking slayed <laughs> i was like i felt like a uh uh like a mom on the sidelines kind of cheering you know like <laughs> like you do like you're proud because man like that last work climb we did he fucking slayed it dude and like i couldn't even believe it you, you know like i knew he was good and you know i knew he was competent or whatever but like just the way like he spoke about himself it was just like oh well, he's just you know he's just a climber but man he fucking killed it and like all he could talk about afterwards was like what he could have did better and i was like you're my kind of people <laughs> you know like that is exactly like how i think too it's like you never you yeah. know you celebrated a little bit but you're, you're always adjusting you're always making those fine tune adjustments to try to be the best version <clears throat> that you could be and you'll never reach it you know i'll never reach that <laughs> i'll never reach that but like the the pursuit of it is like that's that's what what makes it you know absolutely so here's a good question for you mm-hmm. um oh well let me backtrack a little bit so my buddy joel so mm-hmm. how weird is it that i'm on the phone <clears throat> with my buddy joel who is a sales rep at monster tree service yeah yeah and and I brought you up and I brought up the podcast and he's like, dude, is he a contract climber? And I was like, <laughs> yeah, why? And he's like, dude, I think we have him like 
book pretty soon. And I'm like, really? He's like, I mean, how many Levi contract climbers are there out there? I'm like, I, I doubt there's many. Right. And then, you know, and I'm like, you got a job coming up? And you're like, yeah, why? And I'm like, all right, dude, you got to buy him some coffee and donuts. Like, hook him up. He's yeah, like, when yeah. You, you texted me that. I was like, I thought you meant because like sometimes I'm up in that area contracting. I thought you were like next job with monster. Like let's fucking get at it and go climb a tree. That's what I thought you meant. And then you said you were talking to the sales rep. And I'm like, what the, f-? and you're friends with them. I was like, what the fuck are the chances of that? I was like, yeah, my, I'm actually working with them uh, next week. I actually got to do my dude. I'm such a procrastinator. Like <laughs> I'm so fucking, it's so bad. It's so bad. Like, I don't know why I'm like this. Like, I know this shit needs done, but I won't do it to the last minute. I've been putting off like setting dates for my schedule for like weeks now. You know, I'm just kind of flying by the seat of my pants, <laughs> but like I have oh. these jobs scheduled, but they're just mentally ske- Like I need to have it on paper. So I fucking know this shit. I don't know why I'm like that at all. It's yeah. I've been scary. saving everything on my phone because my memory is so shot. Mm. I like, I have to keep notes of everything. Right. And that's the thing. Like I was telling you, uh, the, the dude and like scatterbrain sometimes, man, like it's, it's, it gets bad. It gets like really bad. Like, that's like, you know, if you like look at the description of my podcast, it says weekly uploads. That is, that is not <laughs> the case. I upload like when I, I don't know, fucking think it's about doing it. Schedules, you know, I, I just like was just finishing up work when you had texted me and I'm like, yeah, like I'll just, I'll just hang out the shop. I got stuff I got to do anyway. And you know, and everybody's, you know, normally I'd be out working at that time. Like usually out try to, you know, get as much done as we can. And you know, I kind of push it a little bit and you know, we get back and it's dark out, you know? Yeah. This is a fucking depressing time of year. <laughs> I hate it. I hate it. I- going to work in the dark and coming home in the dark it's like yeah yeah because i i leave at well i leave at like six o'clock and well i try to leave at like six six fifteen in the morning i don't always leave at that time terrible with getting up in the morning and uh, i'm the same way my my boss is you know super patient with me and and um you know it cuts me a little bit of slack and i don't ever take advantage of it and I'm just terrible in the morning it's a reputation i've always had <laughs> yeah, dude, but dude that's a, that's an interesting topic actually that's actually genetic did you know that now yeah that's actually a genetic thing so like all right i'm gonna fucking bore you with some fucking facts Go for it. uh so it was pretty much at the beginning of the pandemic uh for some reason I don't know what it was. I got really into sleep, like learning about sleep. It's such a weird thing to like get into, but I was like <laughs> into it, man. And fucking, cause I just kept waking up and I was always fucking tired. And I'm just like, man, like something's up. Like what the fuck is going on? I'm going to learn about sleep. I'm going to figure this shit out. I'm going to get the best sleep of my life. And so like, and studying that, I learned that it is actually genetic. Like, morning like morning people it's in their dna to be morning people and like people who are like night owls that's in their dna as well it it comes from like apparently the years and years of progression as humans like 
the eight hour sleep a night thing that's more of like an industrial uh you know production way to sleep right we slept in shifts like in tribes or whatever to you know to ward off danger and like the people who are more uh you know prone to staying up at night that's just how like their bloodline ran forever and people who are like super morning people they were like the morning shift of the tribe like it's it's crazy it's like it's actually like there's like different i don't fucking understand dna but like they like showed it i remember the book i can see the picture of it but like they it's actually genetic it's fucking bullshit (laughs) that makes sense i mean like me and my my mother are the same way in that sense like Mm -hmm. like i me and my mom can literally stay up till three o'clock in the morning like no problem no problem like i could go out and bust my ass like all day for like 12 14 hours go home and if I don't have to work the next day, like I have no problem staying up till three o'clock in the morning. I am the same like, exact whatsoever. way. But I can like try and force myself to get to sleep and like it's not happening. And now like I've been getting better at falling asleep earlier, like trying to get to sleep around nine, ten o'clock. But then when I like when my alarm goes off in the morning, most of the time I sleep right through it. Dude, yes. Dude, I, there's a funny story I have about that too. So I moved out when I was 17. Uh, I got this, got this place to myself, whatever. But that's when I also started doing tree work as well. And like a lot of the times when I lived at that house, I was working like a good ways away. They started pretty early. So it was like a long drive. So I had to fucking be awake. And it sucked because like I hate waking up in the morning. But fucking right. I had this uh at the time this is this is how dated this fucking thing is it had like i remember i had like an old i think it was an iphone 4 and even at the time it was kind of outdated but it had like that plug in and like i didn't use the iphone 4 anymore i only had it on there to like play music and like whatever so like i wouldn't for some reason i wouldn't sleep upstairs in my bed i would always go to sleep on the couch downstairs and like i had this fucking massive stereo system on wheels and i would roll this bitch over beside my head and like turn on my alarms and crank that bitch max volume to where it would like when it went off it would rattle like my fucking paintings on the wall and (laughs) that bitch would not still not wake me up i swear to god is it do my neighbor i remember my neighbor came over she lived across the road and i guess she was out and i heard it going off like crazy and thought it, I guess thought it was like my house alarm or some shit. So she like came over and realized like I was sleeping and it was my stereo system. She's like beat on the door. So like I got weird things with that. Like if uh, you could play an alarm right in my fucking ear hole and I'm not going to wake up. Like I'm dead asleep. It becomes like part of my dream. I'm like in a nightclub in my dream dancing to the fucking <laughs> yeah. alarm. If I can, if, if the weirdest, like if I hear like a slight, you know, like a, like a little jingle of a door handle or like some, like something is just off putting like in the house, like a Creek or something in the more, dude, I wake right up. I like, I'm like wide awake. Cause it's happened many times where people has had to come to my house <laughs> to like, wake me up. And like, mm-hmm. as soon as like, I hear like just a slight mumble or like a jingle of a door handle. I like, I'm stood up. Like I, I get up out of bed. It's fucking weird. Brains are weird. <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah, I'll never forget the one day I was supposed to go to work and I was working at McIlvain's at the time. And, you know, my my wife now, but at the time we were uh, we were just boyfriend and girlfriend. We had an apartment together mm -hmm. and she went to work and I slept through my alarm mm -hmm. and the owner of the tree service knew my landlord who lived right next door. Mm -hmm. And. I called them and was like, Hey, John's not waking up. You know, can I, you know, I just want to make sure he's okay. Like, can you guys, you got a key to his place? Like, can you let me in? They're like, yeah. Oh my God, come on over. And I remember waking up hearing my name, Johnny, Johnny, you all right? And I'm like, <laughs> what the, what the fuck? And I'm butt naked. <laughs> I, I've run I'm thinking my house is my apartment's being broken into and I've run over <laughs> my gun and I'm like who's in my house and I'm like holding the like gun away from like view and I like I poke my head around the corner I'm like oh my god damn Joe what are you doing here he's like Johnny you slept in you, you feel like working today <laughs> <laughs> god damn and I'm like I'm like yeah yeah let me let me go let me put my clothes on he's like okay whenever you're ready and i'm like i'm like joe like you're too nice to me man like uh, <laughs> like like you know the guy just like genuinely cared like he he wasn't like pissed that i was late to work he just wanted to make sure i was okay because i was so not like me not to show up to work right and i'm like dude like i'm so sorry like I don't know what's the matter with me. He's like, dude, I'm just, I'm just really glad you're okay. Like, you know, I was a little worried. That's all. <laughs> like, yeah, we care about you. I'm like, dude, like, I really appreciate that. Yeah, uh, dude, I, I, dude, I'm, I feel your pain. That, that has happened to me more times than I can fucking count. And it's <laughs> like, it's, and like the worst part is, <laughs> it's, it's, it's like. I'm being enabled to do this as well because fuck. Okay. I'm going to shit on some motherfuckers real quick. <laughs> I'm going to blame them for my own problems is essentially what I'm doing. But like, so I'm always late. Like always, like, even if it's just by like five minutes, I'm always fucking late. And, but like, they'll, they'll like, you know, a lot of the contractors I work with and even people over the years, they've always like, joked about it or like bitched about it you know but like you know it was just like it's always a thing like everybody just knows that i'm going to be late and i'm going to pull into wherever we're going like 500 mile an hour sucking down a coffee trying to get right but then none of them get mad because like i don't give a fuck if we stay on that tree job till it's two o'clock in the morning once i'm there i'm there you know right. like that's that's and so it's like a trade-off right it's like they're like well we want to get mad at you about you know being late but you do stay till the you know the whole job is done so you know whatever we'll let you slide and that's just how it's been my whole life yeah, <laughs> it's, it's just it's how it is race as well because i i mean i'm always you know i'm just always at the shop you know sharpening a saw or maintaining something or whatever has to be done i'm always like i'll do it. i'll do whatever has to be done like i don't care whatever's gonna help the next day go smoother i'll stay out on a job till 10 o'clock at night i don't care right. the guy there and they'll start complaining and i'm like no let's get after it you know that that's the thing like, too that's that's such a fucking good point so like you're talking like you don't care you'll you'll set up that's great 
And that just shows that like, you're not doing it for the money. And that's, that's where people, a lot of people I think make, make the biggest mistake is like, they get so fucking focused on money that it's like, that's all they're doing it for. And it's like, if they would just realize the moment that they stopped like working for money and like found another purpose and why they're working either to learn or to, you know, feel better or to whatever that money comes with that every single fucking time. Like, because you, you just show, like, we're talking about being passionate. That's part of it. You know, that's like, that's such an important, crucial part of that is like, I'm not, I don't know about you. I mean, it's part of it, right? Money's a huge part of it, but it's not the primary focus. It's not why I wake up every day and go out with these fucking rando contractors and, and work, you know, like, that's not why I'm doing it. I'm doing it like, so I can meet people. I can see different ways to do stuff. Like, all, you know, all the stuff that we already talked about, like that's, that's why I wake up, you know, if it was just about money, then who gives a shit? I can live on like nothing. You know what I mean? Like I've turned down banger job opportunities doing other industries and to make more money. And, and I, I always turn it down and like, dude, I had, I had one really good opportunity like three years ago to get out of this industry and do something else and, and make 90,000 a year. And I was like, ready to pull the trigger. I guess it was like, like maybe four years ago, whatever. It was like right before I worked for monster tree service, mm -hmm. I got an, op an opportunity to go into a, a union in construction and with my brother. And that's how my brother met my boss now, Austin, because he went and got his haircut and was like telling somebody that I did tree work and, and, you know, Austin turns his head. He was like, yeah, we're hiring climbers right now. I'll never forget. My brother called me. He goes, dude. So I met somebody yesterday and I'm like, oh no. Like, was it, I'm like, it was like somebody that I wronged. Like right. I did messed up stuff over the years. Like I was a, I was a jerk for a long time. And I'm like, oh man, like, I hope this still isn't haunting him. Like, because I built such a bad reputation for myself. And he's like, no, no, like I met this guy that works for a tree company and I really didn't want to bring this up, but it'd be wrong if I didn't. And, uh, you know, he's kind of, he wants to do an interview with you. I'm going to, I'm going to send you his number. You know, you, you should at least give him a call. I'm like, all right, like I'll give him a call and I'll see what he says. And I like went to his interview and I'm like, yeah like i i i want to learn more like that's i want to keep doing this like and you know at the same time i got an opportunity to move and and everything i'm like yeah my brother's like man i knew i should have never gave you his number but like i waited like two weeks before i called him so like by the time i did call him like he already put me out of his head like yeah this guy hasn't called me yet he's not gonna call right and then i did and and he'll still bring that up once in a while. He's like, dude, you waited two weeks. Dude, who does that? <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, I don't know. Like, I was, you know, a moment of contemplation. And, you know, I had other opportunities over the years where I was like, oh, man, like, here's some, here's some good paying jobs. Like, people that just, like, I'm willing to learn anything. And they see that. And they know I have a good work ethic. And I'm an honest person. So, like I'm very hireable and 
And I just kept turning it down because I just, I enjoy this. And I, I just, you know, got to this point in my life where I'm like, I will do whatever I have to do in this industry to make sure I meet my financial goals, right. you know, whatever, you know, and everybody's is different and I'm not going to say what mine is, but I have very specific goals for myself in life. And as far as financially, mm-hmm. I have to like continue to pursue those goals by any means, right. as long as it's an honest, progressive way. And I've just stuck to that. And I think because of that mentality and, and not taking it easy and just always having that drive to learn more and to do more. I've, I mean, the last time I asked for a raise was when I was 18 working for that landscaper. That's the only time I've ever asked somebody for a raise ever since then people have always given me raises because they see that I'm doing more and learning more and getting jobs done faster and safer and they appreciate it and they don't just tell me they appreciate it, but they show it financially as well. Mm-hmm. And that's something that I've encouraged my, my younger brother about all the time. It's now that he's 18 and he's out of high school and he's working and he's in a labor position. And I tell him all the time, like, listen, dude, if you just soak up everything and you stay those late days learning as much as you possibly can and doing as much as you possibly can like you're going to set yourself up for success like don't ever forget that on those days where you feel absolutely exhausted like push yourself just a little bit further you know of course as long as you're being safe but you know push those limits a little bit and do the new stuff and people see that and they appreciate it and they reward it, you know, and I, I don't, you know, I don't care for a pat on the back. I don't really care for the raise. It's more for myself than anything else. Like, and other people just see it and do those things. You know, I, I just, for me, whether I make the same amount of money for the rest of my life or not, and I'm, going to continue to push myself in every aspect of my life because it's a short one you right. know exactly life is too short mm-hmm. absolutely yeah dude so are you ready for a uh your your free super corny motivational quote for the day absolutely all right dude here it goes so I actually just heard this today and I really liked it, but now I'm like about to say it and I'm realizing how corny it is, but here you go. Success. The only time success comes before winning is in the dictionary. Oh yeah. Yeah, dude. Yeah. That could be a fucking like fire ass rap verse. Uh. <laughs> Maybe you could use it like for something else, like, like banging a girl or something like the only time. Right. Uh, I come before you as in the dictionary or something. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> I, mean, uh, I got a fucking fire verse. And when I was talking to my buddy Joel last night, so one thing about Joel is anytime I talk to him, it's for hours. Like we just, you know, constant rabbling about tree work and everyday life. And, you know, he's passionate just like I am. Mm-hmm. And um, 
So one thing that me and him talked about that I want to ask you is what is one thing that you feel like you have progressed in in the last year with, you know, the tree industry? Definitely. Um, I would say most definitely my attitude towards like what you were doing that inspired me is like training is something I've always been passionate about, but never really had a reason. So let me back up a little bit. So of course this past year was my very first year competing and I'm very angry that I didn't do this way earlier in my career, but whatever, I can't go backwards. So competitions have given me like almost like a new flavor of why I'm doing this. You know, it was like, um, it always existed. Um, and I always knew about them, but like in my brain, I was not good enough to compete, you know, which is automatically the wrong way to think about a fucking competition anyways, especially (laughs) a tree climbing competition, you know, because that's the whole point the point is not to go to win. It's to go to learn, you know, and like just taking that first step, but whatever this past year was my first year competing. And I can honestly say like, I am obsessed. Like I am obsessed with talking about training with talking, you know, I've made so many fucking friends this past year in competitions. Like it's, it's honestly, it's, it's amazing. It's, it's really like changed my life and how I view, um, like taking care of my body, uh, you know, recreational climbing, not just to fucking get up a tree, but now I have like a, a goal. I have a reason like I'm in the tree. I, I can practice this, you know, it's like another thing to do. So I can honestly say something that I've gotten better about is being fully aware of what practice really needs to happen to be better. You know, that is definitely something I think I've, I've gotten better at. It's awesome. Yeah. Competitions are, are fun, man. I, I did my first competition in Charlotte this year and uh, same thing, man. It just like really opened my eyes. Like, Oh man, like I got it. I got so much. I got to learn like, okay, I could be quick, but that doesn't, that doesn't matter if, uh, if I'm terrible in all the stations, just being fast isn't, isn't good enough. Like yes. I gotta, I gotta use that speed to be able to take my time in certain areas like the plumb bob or the limb toss, you know, the pole saw station, you know, the high bell, like these stations, that's where the time comes in. So like, it's cool to be fast from one station to the other, but then to use that time to take your time in those stations. My first work climb, I'm like, I was like flying around this train. I was like having a blast. I'm like, yeah, like I'm going to get after it. And I missed both my limb tosses. I hit the pole saw station real smooth, hit the high bell real smooth, missed both my limb tosses because I'm just like, you know, trying to like rush through and I like take a couple seconds to pause and take my time to throw. And then I got to the plumb bob and like that thing's zeroed out in no time. And oh, I'm yeah. like, yeah, I got down to the target and I'm like, yeah, man, I must have did really good. And um, then I like saw what I placed and I'm like, oh, man, <laughs> like I had a lot of work to do. Like I got to really focus on these stations. It's not it's not just about being fast. Right. You know, and I'm like, all right, cool. And then the next work climb, 
I was trying to be super mindful about that and everything was going smooth. And then I dropped my hand saw. Oh, that's right. You told me that. Yeah. And I was like, no, that was like (laughs) my biggest fear was like being disqualified. I'm like, I just don't want to get disqualified because I want to take in the full experience. And I dropped my hand saw like right after, like on my, like right before I left to go to the competition, I was talking to Mike about, the comp and he's like you gotta get something for your hand saw i got one of these like retractable keychains like for it mm-hmm. and i'm like dude like i never dropped my hand saw like right. <laughs> i don't remember the last time i dropped my hand saw i'll be fine sure enough i dropped it and i was like i looked at the judge and i'm like that's dq isn't it and he just like like slowly shook his head he's like yeah i'm sorry oh, man. man like you're killing it i'm like oh no i'm like it's cool lesson learned man next next competition like definitely putting a lanyard on that and uh getting after it again and that's a big thing with why like we're training is you know to get better at those things and and um you know it like made me think like all right like i was in a competition dropped my hand saw like and it's all taped up and everything so it's not sharp but like it still hurts to get whacked with it right i'm like what brown guy snuck up underneath me and i dropped my hand saw exactly i'm like oh man dude, just slash the guy right in his shoulder or something yeah i'm like i would feel awful like that would that would really suck so like it's made me more aware for things at work as well and um yeah even with aerial rescue was brutal mm-hmm. brutal like you know i had this mindset like like i'm witty like i can i can figure something out i went in with like minimal gear and people were like offering me stuff and i'm like nah like i think i'll be fine like and i got there and they're like you got 13 minutes to rescue two people and i'm like what the fuck (laughs) oh yeah that's right that you're telling me about the two people yeah that's fucking wild and it's hard enough trying to focus on one and like assess the situation Yeah, so it just, like, sparked it for me, and I'm like, I got to learn more about this, too, and it motivated my dad as well. My my dad is a volunteer firefighter, and he just went and did training for tower rescue, like, That's on right. cell, and he's like, dude, like, I thought, like, I could maybe just figure out a way to get these guys down, like, no way. I have to learn more about this. And he's like, dude, you got to teach me how to climb trees because if I get a call from the fire department and we got an arborist that's stuck in the tree, no one's going to be able to get them down. Like it'll hours and hours. Like I want to be able to have the equipment and the knowledge on hand that I can perform that rescue right when I'm called out there. I'm like, awesome so cool my dad's like all about it too that is super cool that's like that's inspiring because there's this weird disconnect and like you know like a lot of fire i had almost a similar thing happen here in bethesda i thought about going down to the fire hall and just kind of like asking them if they wanted uh like knowledge on stuff like that because you know there's a lot of guys climbing around here it's a lot of spanish uh like for landscaping outfits or whatever but in my experience that that seems to be the ones that are way more likely to get hurt in the first place so like if a firefighter rolls out there and he doesn't understand what the fuck is going on or you know the hazards of what's like really maybe the guy's got a fucking 
a 2000 pound log rigged to a, you know, how's a firefighter going to know how to go about that? You know what I mean? Like, yeah, they're just going to be like, Oh fuck. You know, what do we do? Yeah. Yeah. And then they don't even know how to get up there to them. You know what I mean? So it's like, a, it's a weird disconnect there, but dude, yeah. let's wrap this thing up. I would talk to you literally like, I don't know why we just hit it off, dude. We talk, we talk really well, but yeah, this like, is kind of funny. After like four hours. <laughs> yeah. This is kind of funny. The reason I have to wrap this up is because my fucking Uber Eats is getting ready to show up <laughs> like five minutes. Uh, yeah. I should probably get home to my wife. Yeah. That yeah. would be, that would be important to do. Uh, <laughs> keep that marriage, dude. <laughs> happy okay. wife, happy life, dude. Right. Well, thank you so much for having me, man. Super, super glad I got to meet you. Yeah, I'm super fortunate to be surrounded by such positive people that are, are willing to teach me anything that they know. And it's, it's fantastic. I really appreciate it. Yeah, dude. Fucking when I'm up there next week, let's, let's fucking climb. Let's fucking climb some shit. I don't know how long they're going to be running me. Like, I don't know how long their jobs are going to last. What, what time do they normally like quit in the day? um i have no idea like since i've worked there i mean when i worked there i I would work until the job got done whether it was four o'clock or nine o'clock i don't know i don't know if they quite do that anymore but that uh, i'm sure you can reach out to somebody there and and they'll be able to give you a good idea yeah we'll figure it out because you're not very far away from there anyways so yeah super close you got uh, yeah, I got a bed there if you need a place to stay, and I got food in the fridge if you need something to eat. God bless your soul, but they already hooked me up. They already hooked your boy up with that. Nice. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah, Good. They- I would totally take you up on that, but, man, they're, they're fucking paying for it. <laughs> Good. Good. They should. Yeah. Yeah, it's, awesome. it's, uh, it's definitely uh, fucking... I've never worked with these this, this uh, branch of Monster before, so that's going to be... It's gonna be a new experience. But you said you worked with them, so I'm kind of hopeful. But other branches that I worked with have not been the best. I'll just say that. <laughs> I don't want to discourage you in any way. So all I all I'll really be able to tell you is that there were some good eggs and some bad eggs, and hopefully yeah. you get work good eggs working with you. And if that's the case, you'll have a really smooth job. Awesome. Well, dude, he's getting ready to pull up with my fucking Chinese food. So I'm going to get off of here. All right, brother. Well, you have a good night. Thanks again. I appreciate it. Yeah. Tell people listen and bye, dude. Absolutely. No, tell them bye. Like now. Like tell them. Oh, people. <laughs> <laughs> All right, man. So there you go. That was jonathan foot uh he's a super cool dude man like you guys should definitely go over to instagram and give him a follow at the industrial tarzan his content is cool he's like splicing he's training for comps uh he's got like rigging stuff in there man like you could you could probably pick up some some tips to use for yourself he actually taught me a trick uh i'm sure you you're at the end now so you already heard me talk about it so (laughs) um yeah so i hope you enjoyed um as always you can follow me over at instagram at underscore tree by um that'll kind of keep you up to date when i'm going to release these because i'm kind of spotty and all over the place and yeah keep an eye out for the next one